Welcome to the Truly Nourish Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful listeners. A few weeks ago, I was on a solo vacation in Florida, and I had a wonderful time, as I always do when I travel solo, and solo trips and vacations are one of the first things I started doing after my divorce many years ago, and I have so much fun doing it, and the interesting for me is is that I'm actually quite an outgoing person, but I really love living this solo lifestyle in many ways, especially taking solo trips. And not that I would never want to go with somebody, but it's just a lot easier (laughs) to go by myself and I can do whatever I want and I always have a lot of fun. And I just want to mention as an aside, if solo travel is something that sparks your interest, but maybe you feel scared or unsure how to do it. And, you know, even if we're partnered in life and we have family and friends that are interested in going, sometimes it just doesn't work out with our schedules and vacations. And sometimes people just don't have the same interests. So I think solo travel is something that if we really like to get out and see the world that we should all embrace and not let doing it solo be something to hold you back. And so what I'm getting at is that if that's interesting to you, but you have no idea or you just feel scared of how to do that, I really recommend checking out my friend Alessia Tanabruso at onegirltravel.com because she's amazing at what she does in helping women do exactly this and feeling confident and independent in this way. So I was in Florida enjoying some beach time, and when I got home, I was reflecting on it, and like we do, we just think about things, and it occurred to me that perhaps I should do an episode on what I ate, because it's a real-life example of how intuitive eating can be and how it was for me on this particular trip. And as it turns out, I happened to be talking to Alessia about it, and she thought it was a great idea, and so here we go. And what did I eat every day on vacation? It was sushi and strawberry ice cream. And these are two of my favorite foods, no doubt. But honestly, when I'm at home, I never think about eating them. I just don't have the craving. The thought doesn't occur to me. But whenever it's really hot, like being in Florida in July, those tend to be the foods my body really craves. And so I listen to that and honor it. And in this situation, there just happened to be several sushi restaurants and ice cream places within walking distance to where I was staying, so it didn't take much effort. And there were also so many other types of great restaurants and other types of food that I love that I could have eaten, but every evening for dinner, I'd tune into how I was feeling and what food sounded good out of all my options, and my initial gut response was always, I want sushi and I want ice cream. 
So that's what I ate pretty much every evening because, and I say pretty much because there was one evening where I told myself, well, maybe I should have some vegetables. I haven't had vegetables all week except a seaweed salad. And this is extremely odd for me because I absolutely love vegetables, especially broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts, and FYI. And when I'm at home, I eat those almost every day. So on this particular evening, I listened to my brain instead of my body, and I went and I had a Thai fusion vegetable rice, rice dish. And I love Asian food, as you can probably tell. And it was delicious, but I really didn't feel as satisfied as when I ate the sushi for dinner. So the rest of the trip, I had sushi and ice cream, strawberry ice cream, every night simply because I craved it and it felt really satisfying and I felt content after eating it and I felt energized. And even though my brain was thinking about a well-rounded diet, eating more variety, having more balance, eating more vegetables. And I even thought, you know, okay, what about that Mediterranean restaurant over there? Don't don't you want to try that place? Because I also love Mediterranean food, but my body and taste buds were like, "Mm, no, I really want sushi and strawberry ice cream. Now, I know for a fact that eventually my body and taste buds would have said, okay, I've had enough of this food, let's have something else. And then I would have honored that, but I ate this for dinner, I think, about five days in a row. And I want to break break this down in terms of what was going on for me as far as the intuitive eating principles that were at play. And if you're not familiar with intuitive eating, it's simply the way of eating that nature intends for all of us by following our own inner authority and our body's guidance for how to eat. And let me also say that intuitive eating is going to be different for each person for this very reason, because it's based on our bodies, our unique body's guidance, which means having what they call interoceptive awareness, or just more simply put, an ability to connect with your body and understand its sensations, desires, and cues, that is the key factor in intuitive eating. And the benefit of intuitive eating is that it helps you to eat in the right balance for your unique body because you're eating in tune with your body's language and it helps you to feel more satisfied with what you eat and it allows you to also, this is a huge thing, fully heal your relationship with food when you get back to your intuitive eating ability, you know, if you struggle in your relationship with food. And the principles of intuitive eating that are presented in the book, Intuitive Eating, were devised by two dietitians, Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli. And these principles are simply a tool to get a person back to this natural way of eating. Because what happens is, as we grow up from infant to adult, We get influenced and conditioned by people and things outside of our bodies for how to eat. So as infants, we were true intuitive eaters, and we still are. And and you guys that are mothers, you know what it looks like when you feed your baby. They know when they're hungry. They know when they've had enough. And when weaning, 
you know, to solids, they start to show clear likes and dislikes when they're trying different foods. So this way of eating in connection with our bodies and just our innate likes and dislikes is how we're supposed to eat. But as we grow up, other people, our environments, our emotions, and especially the dieting culture that we live in start to break us away from our intuitive eating. And so other people, environments, our emotions, and especially the diet culture start to cloud our own inner authority and our eating decisions start to be made from the outside and from our emotions and mental programming and, you know, the environment and and the culture instead of from our bodies. And this is why we start to have problems in our relationship with food and why we do develop challenging eating habits like overeating or over-restricting or basically eating all the quote-unquote wrong food for our unique body. It's because over time we stopped listening to our bodies and we lost then trust with ourselves for how to eat and we then get stuck in this pattern of always referring to other people or you know things outside of us or to our emotions and to our trained mind for how to eat and so we're no longer connected to our body's guidance we lose the connection so intuitive eating is about getting back into connection and then practicing honoring that connection first learning how to feel it and listen to it and understand what your body's saying but then practicing honoring the guidance that's always there and always ready to be listened to so now let me break down the intuitive eating principles that were at play for me on this trip so how i was basically living them out so number one I've come to the place where I have zero diet mentality. Now, we do live in a dieting culture, so I'm sure it slips in for me occasionally. I think it does for every single human being. But basically, I eat whatever I want. I never deprive myself if I really want something. I know what satisfies me, and I eat it without questioning it. I eat what tastes good to me, and I never feel guilty for what I choose to eat. And I don't have concerns about gaining weight based on what I eat because I trust myself to know what's right for me to eat as a unique body, a person, individual. And I trust my body's guidance. I do my best to listen to its cues and what it's telling me. And I know how my body responds to different foods and that it will always keep me in balance when I can stay attuned to it. The second pillar or factor principle that was happening is honoring my hunger. I would say almost 100% of the time, just in life overall, meaning the vast majority of time I'm only eating when I truly have physical hunger and when my body is ready for food. I'm almost never over hungry or famished. And on the other side, I'm not full at the time of eating. So my body is asking for food without feeling threatened and shifting into survival mode from, you know, over hunger. 
And so when I eat, it's easier for me to just find that feeling of satisfaction and contentment with whatever I am eating. Because basically, if we get too hungry, or if we're not hungry enough before we eat, it is difficult to feel the feeling of contentment and satisfaction, which means we have a much greater tendency of overeating. And believe me, this has been a practice. It, I, you know, it took me a, a few years beyond my eating disorder treatment to really be able to fine tune this and honor it and fully trust myself in this way. I would even say that in the past two to three years, I've developed an even deeper and deeper trust with myself and even a greater confidence. So it's, uh, you know, in this area of like really feeling hunger and fullness. So this is um, a practice. It really is. But that's good because if we're willing to practice that versus revert back to having someone else tell us how to eat or, you know, following some certain meal plan, whatever it is, you know, if we're willing to stay on the path and on the journey, it really leads to the ultimate freedom. The third principle that I was practicing is just having peace with food. And this is a big one as far as how my vacation played out. So on my trip, I never told myself I can't or I shouldn't have sushi and ice cream every day. It's simply what my body was really desiring, my taste buds were desiring and asking for. And so I just went with it, even if it wasn't 100% logical, you know, but if I had judged, if I had um, deemed it wrong in some way that I shouldn't eat these foods every day, I likely would have ended up feeling deprived and not as satisfied with my meals. And I did experience that very slightly on that evening when I had the Thai food because I remember my thought was, well, that was really good, but I still would have preferred sushi. So the thing with deprivation is and not, you know, allowing ourselves to really eat what we're desiring. The problem with that deprivation is it always sets us up to overeat at some later date, whether it's later that day, uh, the next day, the next week or the next month, sometime down the road. Anytime we push down or ignore what we're really desiring to eat, you know, on a daily basis, like sometimes, yeah, we just don't eat what we're truly desiring. But what I'm talking about is like when it's day in and day out and we're always pushing down that desire because of the diet mentality and our fear of food and all the food policing that goes on in our head. When that happens, at some time in the future, it will turn into a form of overeating. And I know this extremely well from personal experience, but also research in biology and psychology backs this up. There's studies that show how the feeling of deprivation builds up into cravings that lead to overeating, overconsumption, etc. Number four, I didn't have the food police running rampant in my brain. So this means I didn't have any self-judgment or negative thoughts or negative self-talk about eating this way. Whereas if we have a lot of self-judging thoughts, these food policing thoughts, these anxious thoughts about food, um, you know, an inner voice that sounds like, it could have sounded like, 
ice cream has way too many calories or aren't you going to gain weight if you eat that? You need to eat more variety and more vegetables. What if you keep eating ice cream every day from this point on and you can't stop? You better end this now before it gets out of hand. Like those types of thoughts. Then it would have been a completely different experience for me. It would not have been an intuitive eating experience and think, you know, I would have had challenges with accepting what my body was asking for. So none of these food policing types of thoughts crossed my mind, primarily because I trust myself and, you know, well, let me first say, because I've practiced this and with time, my brain has like reprogrammed, you know, so I don't automatically have these types of thoughts anymore. But also I trust myself and know how to take care of myself. Like I've shown myself that over and over. I've built this self-trust with myself. I've shown myself, you know how to take care of yourself and this is totally fine. You're not doing anything wrong. So no matter what diet culture might say about what I should or shouldn't eat, I know that I'm the authority in my health and in my life and when it comes to my eating decisions. And I felt good. I felt satisfied eating this way. I felt energized. I was sleeping great. And so I trusted the guidance and wisdom that my body was clearly giving me. Also, because I know myself and my body so well, I had zero concern this way of eating was going to continue long term. Like I just knew I wasn't going to eat ice cream every day for the rest of my life if I allowed myself to on vacation. One reason is there's something called habituation. And when we give ourselves this unconditional permission to eat what we're truly desiring, we will always adapt to that repeated experience of eating, which means each time we eat the food over and over, we start to get less and less pleasure from it. It it starts to become less satisfying. So when you eat a food consistently, it simply loses its novelty and loses, loses its heightened appeal. So this is why having forbidden foods or those off-limit foods can be dangerous for overeating because if they are forbidden, they are always special to us and they always have a high level of appeal. And so we over-desire them and we get attached to them. So on other episodes of the podcast, when I talk about allowing yourself to eat whatever you want and giving yourself that unconditional permission to eat, the purpose behind that is not to overeat, not to stuff yourself, not to like burn out on food and have a free-for-all. That's not what it's about. The purpose of eating whatever you want is to experience the process of habituation so that the certain foods that might have a strong pull for you now, lose that pull, lose their novelty, and just become normal and no big deal. And then, you know, when this happens, a person loses desire over time for that food and and sees that they can also just trust themselves around that food and around any food. And if you really doubt whether this is true or not, I'm happy to provide research studies that do back up how habituation processes happen with food. 
Also, I do understand that it takes time for a person to be mentally and emotionally ready to maybe try something like this and to practice this. And sometimes it also requires guidance from an expert like myself, you know, just depending on the individual. Because we can have lots of fear about certain foods that we might binge on, that we've habitually overate. And for me, there was a time when ice cream was a binge food for me, but I can tell you with full confidence that it never happens anymore. And I know it will never happen again, unless I literally consciously said I'm going to binge on this food, but I would never like unconsciously binge on it or feel out of control or feel like I had to have it every day or that I couldn't stop. I am firmly confident in that. And the way I got to this place of freedom is by practicing the things that I teach. Okay, the fifth factor of intuitive eating that played out was that I was always feeling my fullness. So with time, I've become very attuned to the quantities of food my body thrives on and it's become easy for me to honor my body's fullness signal. And definitely this was not always the case. This has been a practice, but I am 100% there. I can strongly and confidently say that. I'm fully back into my innate intuitive eating ability. Not that I never get like a little over full, not that I never get a little over hungry, not that I never have any sneaky diet mentality, that it's not about perfection. And there's no absolutes in intuitive eating. It's really a practice, a way of life. And um, But what I'm getting at is that the vast majority of time, I never overeat and I never overate on this trip and always had room for ice cream at the end of the night. And and with practice, I've become very good at knowing the foods that I really love and that satisfy me and that are worth it to me. Because I remember I would binge on foods that were so not worth it and like get stuffed on them. And so on this trip, ice cream was one of those foods that felt worth it to me. It doesn't always feel worth it to me. I think that's one of the reasons like when I'm at home, I don't really crave it. It's like, well, that's not really what I'm wanting now. It's not really worth it to me. But on this trip, it was like so worth it. I mean, it was so hot out. It was like the perfect food and it was so satisfying. So I planned my eating every day to because I knew I would want it. So I just made sure that I always had enough hunger left after my meal to really be able to enjoy the ice cream and really savor it and get that pleasure from it. And so this leads me to the sixth factor that played out, and that was making sure that I derived lots of satisfaction and pleasure from what I was eating. So this is basically the deciding factor for what I choose to eat on any given day. And for me, the deepest feelings of satisfaction with food always come from balancing taste pleasure with what feels great inside my body while I'm eating it and after I'm eating it. And on this trip, or after I ate it, I should say. And on this trip, this was sushi and ice cream at night. And at breakfast, it was toast, yogurt, blueberries, and scrambled eggs. (laughs) I forgot to mention, I pretty much ate the same breakfast all the time too on this trip. And and at, even at home, I love eating the same breakfast every day. 
And this is all because, and, and sometimes it changes up and like for a few months I'll do something else, but that's rare. I've really found a place where right now, and, and this probably won't last for the rest of my life, but I just know what I like and what my body likes. And this is all because I, um, I have that balance. I, I know what my body likes and I know what my taste buds like. And when I balance those two things well, I feel very satisfied and content and energized with my meals, which over the long term means I eat less than if I focused only on nutrition and like having food rules and ignored satisfaction and taste, you know, or suppressed it and always put nutrition over taste and satisfaction. Like those, those sorts of things will always come back to bite you, so to speak. And you may be wondering, okay, well, what about lunch? And the truth is I rarely eat lunch. It really depends on my schedule, what I'm doing, how I'm feeling. But typically, I don't eat lunch and didn't on this trip. And this is really because my body's natural rhythm right now. And there are no rules you, that you have to eat a certain number of times per day. If you need snacks, great. If you don't, that's great too. If you love three meals a day and your body thrives on that, that's great. You know... I have in the past only had one meal a day and I did pretty well on that, but I got to the point where I felt like I don't, I, I, I kind of had this feeling like maybe there's some diet mentality going on. And so I started to introduce breakfast again and I was like, you know what, this is better. And so I've been doing that. Um, I am just the way my body is designed, I've felt this for years, like even as a teenager that I don't need to eat a lot like as far as time like having meals per day as long as I'm eating like right now twice a day and it's in balance and I'm eating enough at each meal like twice is plenty for me so this is this is intuitive eating this is like really trusting your body listening to it um and feeling into your own rhythm in that way and it's very much an individual thing once again some people need six meals a day and you know they need to eat a lot of little things throughout the day there's nothing wrong with that if you're really doing it in tune with your body and finding that rhythm with your body comes with practice it comes with just being willing to experiment and it can change too because there were definitely times in my life where I ate lunch pretty much every day so you know it's can be variable and it can change and evolve and when we change and like our bodies change and our schedules change like eating does not have to be set in stone that is intuitive eating that's finding your own authority with food okay the sixth factor that played out is body respect so for me personally this means that I rarely weigh myself primarily because I never really think about it I do own a scale but I never even think of stepping on it and I've gotten to this place where weight does not matter to me either because I know my body knows how to regulate itself perfectly and I just focus on honoring it. And I believe in the past, I would say the past five years or maybe longer than that, I've slowly gained weight because there was like certain stresses in my life that were happening and I was having episodes of overeating, but I was just like, it's fine because I knew like in the long term it was all going to even out and I haven't weighed myself, but I'm pretty sure that I've lost that weight. 
because I, I just know my body so well, but I don't really care. That's the thing. It doesn't really matter to me. I still love living in my body. I do all the things I want to do. And on this trip, some of those things were, you know, I dressed in the clothes that I love, such as sundresses. You know, I'm in Florida in the summer and I played in the water on the beach in my bikini without fear or judgment. And I just had fun in my body. And when we can get to that place and this is what I'm so passionate about. I want, <laughs> this might be a pipe dream, but I would love to help every woman get to this place where we don't judge our bodies so harshly and instead we can find either acceptance, pre- appreciation, or respect for our body, just how it is right now. Not that our body never has to change, but just, you know, it is what it is right now and let's love it and let's enjoy living in it. And that truly plays into the quality of our overall life and that determines the happiness that we feel, right? The quality of our life and that joy for life directly plays into how we relate to food and what we choose to eat or not eat. You know, it all is interplaying. That's why I have this thing called body, mind, soul, nutrition, because it all is interrelated. And so, you know, how we choose to eat or not eat, that affects whether we will deprive ourselves now and maybe overeat later. And it affects whether we allow ourselves true pleasure from food so that we can feel satisfied with what we eat. And truly, when we feel satisfied with what we eat, we tend to eat a lot less. The seventh factor that played out is what I was practicing uh, called gentle nutrition, meaning I was not overly concerned with eating the perfect balance of nutritious foods, even though I 100% value nutrition and I do love to eat very nutritiously. But this is something that Evelyn Trivoli and Alish Resch call gentle nutrition in their book. And I was definitely practicing that. I was following my body's guidance moment to moment and also know that optimal nutrition always comes down to the big picture and what we do on a daily basis in our life. So I was not concerned with this micro moment Um, that eating this way on vacation was going to affect me at all, either, you know, as far as weight or as far as my health and nutrition. The last and eighth factor that played out is movement for joy instead of just for fitness. So I packed all my workout clothes and the hotel actually had a great gym, but I never actually used it. And the funny thing is, I'm sort of disappointed because I love to try a new gym because I do love to work out, but I quite literally forgot to work out on this trip because I was so busy having fun just walking places and doing things and seeing things that it just didn't happen. So exercise in our lives needs to be fluid, not rigid. And this is one of my greatest accomplishments personally in life because there was a time when I'd set the alarm for probably 5.30 a.m. even on vacation so that I never missed a single workout. And back in the day, I never gave myself a break in that way and it only ended up harming me. It led to binge eating and all sorts of things. So I still work out almost every day 
you know, there was a time in my life where I didn't work out for months and that was extremely odd for me, but I felt at peace with that because I knew I needed to experiment with that because I come from a background of exercise compulsion, right? But, you know, I now still work out almost every day, but it's never from fear of waking or like that compulsive feeling as in the past. It's now coming from a true enjoyment and a true love for my body and just that pleasure of moving my body and being in my body. So that's all for today. Let me know, what do you think? Did you get anything from me sharing my experience? And did you enjoy hearing about how I eat intuitively and practice it in my own life? I'd love to hear because if you do like this sort of content, I can share more about my personal experience. I'm happy to do so, but I also want to balance that with like teaching you things and giving you tools and and that sort of thing on the podcast as well. So just message me on Instagram or email me and let me know. What do you want to know more about? What do you want to hear more about in terms of my personal experience? I'm happy to share. Just let me know. Until next time, much love. Are you a woman who wants to end cycles of overeating and dieting so that you can experience greater health and well-being, more peace and freedom around food, more vibrancy, and more feelings of joy and confidence living in your body? If so, be sure to sign up for the waitlist to learn more about my new intuitive eating course and the Truly Nourished Private Women's Membership. It is in this private club where you can learn step-by-step how to end dieting and overeating forever and become the truly nourished woman you desire to be. Go to RebeccaLaurelHill.com to learn more.